Agencies across the government are working to upgrade their systems for identifying and granting access to people using their networks and computing resources. It's known as Identity Credential and Access Management, or ICAM. Doing it right is crucial to having good cybersecurity. The Industry Advisory Council, American Council for Technology, ACT IAC, has teamed up with several federal agencies to advance ICAM best practices. Joining me with what they've done so far, the ACT IAC project lead, Chuck Santangelo. Mr. Santangelo, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. I... And we should point out you are speaking as the project lead for ACT IAC and not in your capacity as a government executive. Exactly. Thank All right. you. So, what's going on here? What was the purpose of this project? Yeah, so about a year ago, the team embarked on a nine month study to look at ICAM best practices in federal, state, and local government. We had about a dozen subject matter experts from the public and private sectors, and we interviewed about 10 government officials at different government levels. The point of all this program is to better, ultimately, cybersecurity in federal agencies using best practices in ICAM, which is an element in in cyber. Yes, I would say that's correct. So, as you know, the city of Baltimore and other cities' systems were recently penetrated by a cyber attack and its offices' computers were shut down. And some cyber experts speculate that the penetration was through the use of phishing attacks. Well, the Baltimore attack might have had less impact if multi-factor authentication was used by the employees there. By requiring that the employees use something that they have in their possession, such as a key fob, essentially neutralizes the impact of someone, a nefarious outer person, stealing your password. So that's just an example of how ICAM could be used to make these sorts of incidents less damaging. So two-factor or multi-factor authentication is a part of the best practices of ICAM. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the key elements. Baltimore, as far as we know, did not have that, just password and and, uh, username. Yeah, well, federal employees have PIV cards, but, but state employees usually don't. Okay, so it sounds like one of the premises here is that federal is ahead of state and local, and maybe there's some best practices at the federal level that can get to other entities at different levels of government. Exactly, and that's one of the big takeaways from this report is that we want to see state and locals adopt the federal standards, whether it's the NIST 863 or other standards that will make them less penetrable, less vulnerable to outside foreign influence or other cyber attackers. Interesting, because I would think there's different hierarchies of ability at state and local levels, like a state like California, Maryland, Virginia. You've got pretty sophisticated CIOs and systems there, but maybe at the municipal level, county level, town level, not so much. Correct. And it really varies by state. I mean, some states, as you said, have wonderful security systems and, and others have awful. So what did this group come up with? So we came up with five main conclusions. One is that the federal government's had significant progress but we need to do more to get the states and locals to adopt ICAM processes and technologies. And how do we do that? Well, <laughs> point to Baltimore and say, here's what could happen to you. Yeah, and it's also through a variety of other things like uh, resources, um, funding, training and ICAM, um, knowledge so that they know what to expect, uh, become part of bigger networks like FirstNet um, and um, – NEF and NEF is NEF is the uh, organization that that pulls together law enforcement information Got it. across federal and state governments. Um, uh, HISN, the, the DHS HISN, is also an effective 
uh, federal type type of uh, organization that pulls together federal, state, and local. Um, GSA is putting out some great work on the use of ICAM, and more recently, OMB has put out a um, new ICAM guidance, which um, integrates both HSPD-12 and cybersecurity into the ICAM guidance. So it's a, a very good combination of, of policies that is long overdue, really. We're speaking with Chuck Santangelo. He's project lead for the ACT-IAC on its Identity, Credential, and Access Management Project. And what is the status of the project now? You have published something that is available to entities that want to read it? Yes. We published a 44-page white paper, which is on the ACT-IAC website. Um, And it goes through various case studies of all the folks we interviewed. Uh, We interviewed uh, the Haidas in uh, Washington, Baltimore area, the state of Delaware Police Department, the um, El Paso Intelligence Center. Um, We interviewed a whole series of state and locals and some federal. So we can get a broad sense of what the challenges are. Why is it so hard to do all all these things? Why is it so hard to protect our country? And and, and certainly the, the fact that we have a federal system of government where the state and locals don't take orders from the federal government complicates things. But there are lots of things we can do to um, to build up our security, and some of these things are, as I said, by using standards. Uh, FIDO has a wonderful set of standards. FIDO stands for the Fast Identity Online Alliance, and they have things like they put out a list of approved uh, technologies that state and locals can use, like key fobs and other devices that give individuals more security and that help um, other organizations identify, yes, this person is who they say they are. So those are the kinds of technologies that we promote and and are advocating. And as you point out, the federal government can't give orders to state and local, but it's not as if they're totally separate because hundreds of billions of dollars every year of federal money goes through state-administered programs. Yes. And so there's something at stake for all levels here when, when anybody screws up. Absolutely. But, you know, money only goes so far, and there is an autonomous element to state governments and local governments. So they do what they want to do sometimes, and sometimes they don't have the resources. I mean, for example, um, to to purchase the, uh, the first net access uh, requires money, and it could be anywhere from Forty dollars to a lot, a lot more than that for a local police officer to get the kind of apps and services from FirstNet that they want. Plus, they need a whole bunch of new equipment in order yes. to access it. Yes. So, you know, how do how do you develop the ICAM through that? Is it provided by FirstNet, or do the, does FirstNet accept the federation uh, attributes that uh, the, the local police have? Um, so you have to deal with that sort of conflict. Sure. And uh, with respect to ICAM, you mentioned two-factor or multi-factor authentication. What are some of the other best practices that that you identified? So um, in addition to the multi-factor um, on the technical side, we want folks, uh, state and locals, to, to adopt or get as close as they can to the 863-3 standards. That is the NIST standards for that, controls. Yes, that's the NIST standards. To, it strengthens remote identity proofing. Um, we recommend that they use the NIEM or the National Information Exchange Model standards for technical language. 
which was launched about a decade ago. It's it's, a, it's an, a common language that everyone can say. Oh, this is what a you know a widget is or whatever. I mean, they, it's important that everybody is speaking from the same song sheet. I've mentioned the FIDO standards, authenticate conduct standards based authentication solutions, and also electronic tools that promote trust. Uh, Hizen, as I mentioned, provides an example of a network that can connects federal to state to local systems. Sure. So you've outlined a lot of acronyms, but the point is that there are many organizations, many standards that have proven efficacy in this whole ICAM and cybersecurity area. Absolutely. And if they would just use them, they'd be ahead of the game. Exactly. There are there are resources out there to uh, support state and local ICAM uh, greater capacity. And how will you promulgate this report? I mean, it's there on the website, but is there a way that ACT-IAC and the government maybe are pushing it? Well, yes. I mean, I've presented this several times to different uh, technology groups, and obviously this sort of show hopefully gets out the word about these kinds of best practices so that more state and locals could adopt them. And just a final question, is there any work done that you're aware of that regarding 5G, which is not really here yet, but it's more hype than, than installed technology at this point, will that have any effect on ICAM? Because we, we talked about FirstNet, which is a pre-5G network technology. Well, it could cut either way. I mean, it, it, if 5G can be, if we can track the identifiers through 5G, then that would be good. If it kind of disappears into the Ethernet, then it, it might make it harder for law enforcement to track. Well, maybe that's the next project for ACT-IAC. <laughs> Chuck Santangelo is project lead for the ACT-IAC on its Identity, Credential, and Access Management Project. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Listen to the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.